I want to continue today and I want to continue teaching on the clouds or the cloud that's going to come and we were all taught certain things and I want to take you deeper into what the Bible is actually saying about that thing I want to take you out of what you've learned and show you there might be more that you haven't learned yet um, like I said earlier, if you come out of a charismatic church, this will all sound wrong for you. If you come out of a reformed church, this will sound good for you. Because you don't have a other theology or doctrine regarding this. <coughs> the previous time we spoke, I, I mentioned a couple of things. And remember, in Revelations 1, it says, 1, 1, it says, this, is the, this book, Revelations, is the revelation of Jesus Christ. In you. Because Christ in you is the hope of glory. I mean, I would actually love to come to each and every one of you separately and challenge you and ask that question and see if you actually got it. What that means. The book of Revelations is about revealing Christ in you. Not about war, bloodshed, like you were taught. But those things play a very important role. That wars that you read and that bloodshed that you read, it's something to do with you. If Revelations is a book about Christ being revealed in you, everything that's written in Revelation is about you. Because where does Christ need to be revealed? In you. Because he's staying in you now. Paul said, Christ in you is the hope of glory. So where's Christ staying? In you. So if the whole of the book of Revelations is to reveal Christ, where must it be revealed from? From heaven? No. He's not in heaven, Christ. His spirit. Where's his spirit? According to the Bible. In you. So remember the thunder, the lightning, the hail we spoke about last time? I said that hail is not physical hail. It's stuff that needs to come from the Holy Spirit that needs to take off those old doctrines and beliefs. All the dead branches needs to be knocked off. By hail in you. You need to get an lightning strike who God is, a revelation of who God is. So the things I'm going to talk about today is going to be exactly the same. I'm talking to you, things that needs to change in you to become a bride. To stand in front of the Lord one day and say, I'm your bride. These are things that needs to change. You need to be if you want to say I'm the bride of Christ. You need to be able to stand and let the hail fall on you. Let the lightning strike you. You can't dodge the lightning, then you're not going to represent Christ because you're not willing to go through that process. If you're not willing to be standing outside and let the hail hit you and clean you like it does and nourish you when it melts, the hail when it melts, it becomes water, nourish you through the spirit, you're not going to grow in that area. It's going to cause you not to be the bride. To stand as the pure bride in front of him. So what I'm reteaching today is again things that you have to decide. Am I going to allow this in my life to, to clean me? So that I can stand as a bride one day spotless in front of him in the spirit. Alright, but to get there there's a huge problem. We don't know our Bibles at all. 
because we hate reading and you can ask my wife I was one of them I hate reading thank the Lord it's changed so much over the years but how did I've said it so many to the older people how did it become different I engaged the Lord at that place where I was weak in reading books I didn't read one book in school I hated it ask my sister she will know I don't read If you don't read, you struggle in school. Come. Okay. It's diff- difficult. That, that means the system is actually not for you. And that, that's a different topic. I don't want to go there. But the way schools are structured, they want you to read. Otherwise, you struggle there. It's not to say there's something wrong with you. It's just you don't fit in that thing maybe. But yeah, that's a different topic. But we need to read the Bible to know what the Bible is saying about things and about you so that you can walk in it but if you don't know you will walk in a lie and think it's truth because you don't know your Bible whose fault is it that you don't know your Bible is it your pastor your domini whose fault is it it's yours you need to read your Bible. Do you read your Bible? How many times do you read your Bible? We could go on about that for, for some time. And I'm not saying you must become a Bible scholar. Know every verse. That's got nothing to do with it. That's a Pharisee. That's knowledge. I'm telling you, know your Bible. Know what, what it's about. What's going on in this book. You don't have to know every person in the book and every detail. It helps, but you don't have to. But if you read it, truly read your Bible, you will have a very good understanding of what this book is about. And this person, Jesus, what it's about. Why is he in the Old Testament hidden and in the New Testament he came alive and all that stuff. But in order to know somebody, you need to get to know them. How do we get to know, get to know the Lord? We have a Bible. And you have the person discipling you that shows you a representation of Christ. And whatever that person that's discipling you is showing you should be in your Bible. Because they're representing Christ. But I'm telling you guys, those who don't like to read, I'm saying it again and I've said it so many times over and over again. Go seek the Lord in that thing that you're not doing because if you're not going to read your Bible diligently with an open heart to learn, you're going to struggle to grow. Remember in discipleship in the big sorry in the beginning of discipleship you don't have to read your Bible because it's about seeing and doing. But if you want to grow further, deeper, you must start reading your Bible. A normal baby don't need to read a book how to eat, how to breastfeed. Comes naturally, like your disciple life will also be naturally. But one day they're gonna to want to engage further knowledge and then they will start reading a baby they will want their books in the beginning they only look through the books and see the little pictures but at some stage they want to start reading you in your life with the Lord is exactly the same at some stage you need to want to read the Bible what did I say what must you read every day if you want to grow Proverbs and I'm not going to ask who's doing that because I don't think I'm going to see one or two hands here and I said that two years ago If you want to grow, you must read Proverbs every day. 
nie jou bybelstikkie boekie nie, jy kan dit ook lees, lees spreke, elke dag is stikkie, you will grow, if you don't read it, you will stay where you are, I said that two years ago, go check if I'm right or wrong, how did you grow, how did you read that, especially in your beginning stages, if you don't do this stuff in the beginning of your journey, you're not going anywhere, what's that story in this, on TV, slowly going nowhere, what was it, yeah, that's what you're actually doing. You think you're going somewhere, now you're going nowhere. And it's very slow. Alright, let's start. That was the introduction. Matthew 22, 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do ye not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. To antwoord Jesus sê vir hulle, Jylle dwaal, omdat jylle die skrifte nie ken nie, en ook nie die kracht van God nie. Now I can go very deep in this, and this is not the point. I just want to emphasize to you why it's important what I just said. Because I've seen a lot of you and other people dwell outside and don't know where they're going. Because they don't know the scripture. Why do most Christians walk outside like, oh, just, Lord, just come and get me. Just, just rapture me now. I, I'm finished with it, just take me away. Yeah? That's how we walk. That's, it says that's not the way you should walk. It actually shows you there's something wrong with that doctrine. That word power, krach. What is that? Let me give you another verse. Remember I'm talking about this. Uh, that power there, power, uh, krach. Let me show you what that can be in your Bible. 1 Corinthians 1.24 but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God. Who's ever read that? You always think powers, you know, the Holy Spirit power, you can heal and raise the dead and all that. It says Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. There it says it. Christ, the power. Jesus said unto them, ye, ye are not knowing the scriptures, nor Christ. You don't know Christ. You see what that word power means? It's not you don't know how to work with the Holy Spirit. You don't know Christ. Maar vir die wat geroep is, Jode so wel as Grieke, Christus die kracht van God in die wijsheid van God. Vir jylle wat geroep is, are you walking in this? You that are called. You know this? We don't know our Bibles. You don't know the Bible saying this. So in that, power is a person. Jesus Christ. Which we must walk in. Luke 21, 25. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring and Afrikaans in daar sal tekens wees aan son en die maan en die sterre en op die aarde benauwdheid van nasies en hulle radeloosheid wanneer see en branders dreun ja, dit sounds like today, eh? <laughs> nations not knowing what to do bieke benauwd, ne? Must we close the borders? Must we open the borders? Can we fly? Can we not fly? Can we travel? Can we not travel? But this is just the beginning. 
But there's three things mentioned here. Because remember, this is now in the Bible where it asks, what is going to happen on the day of the Lord? How is this going to happen? What's the, what's the things to look for? And as I'll take this the son and the man is there on the earth, eh? Seen you three good. Son, man, sterren. Three things. Where will the signs be? In the sun and the moon and the stars. And please, again, we're not pointing fingers, we're bringing correction. How many books are out there in Kum books regarding this topic of all the signs in nature that's going to happen to know that the day of the Lord's close? When was it two years ago with the red moon? And everybody wrote books, and I don't want to name names, but there were people who were having books out, and the books were wrong, they had to call the books back in. Somebody very big in America, he had a book, and then he had to bring, call it back in, because it was wrong. And that was in the natural even wrong. There was no interpretation of spiritual stuff. But go check how many books are there about the moon, and how the moon's going to be aligned, and where the moon's going to be, and I'm not saying there's truth in some of that stuff. But that's not what it's talking about here. But we want to use our knowledge that we have obtained in trying to figure out how this day of the Lord is going to be. Because we see, they talk about the sun and the moon and the stars. And now we want to figure, use those three things and figure out There's too many stars falling. That's how we think. Earthquakes are happening. Ooh. The Lord's coming soon. Because we take those things that we don't understand in the Bible and we look in the literal way of how it is. So I want to talk about those three, three things and we're only going to get to two of them today because there's too much to say about them. But I want to say to you this way before we begin with this now. Those three things are in you. Die and we're going to talk about that. Okay. Because we, we want to see how the Lord's going to come. And He's going to come in you. Alright? So, I mean the rest of it is obvious. We are in that. The stress of nations and perplexity. The sea and the waves. You know what the seas and the waves mean. He's not talking about the little seas. It's nations. Sea speaks about nations. At the moment, what's the nations doing? The waves are roaring on them, eh? There's a lot of problems. Look at America. How's that nation doing at the moment? I see big storms on their little sea. Because sea speaks about nations in the Bible. Those that have been with us long enough will know. Luke 21, 26 to 27. We're going to continue reading in Luke 21. Men's hearts failing them for, for fear and for looking after those things which are coming to the earth. For the power of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall the sea, the Son of Man, coming in a cloud with power and great glory. All right, let's take it slowly. This is your Bible, Mudlias. This is Ekom Naukulias. It didn't nothing make sense. You just read it. It says there, men's hearts failing them to fear. So people are walking in fear. Okay. And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. So they're looking at these things coming on the earth. For the power of heaven shall be shaken. Now that earth 
What is that? Who knows? Take a guess, see? Yeah, he's right. Who else? It's you. Because you made out of the earth. You have made stuff grond. But it's a little bit of a little bit of you. But this verse 27 says, And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in, 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 in a cloud. Not on a cloud. Here's another verse. And most of you were told on a cloud. Your doctrines that you believe is about on a cloud. Alright? It says there, not the Son of God, the Son of Man. You see that? It's different. It says he's the Son of Man in that verse, the 27. And they shall, then they see the Son of Man coming. It's funny, it doesn't say the Son of God. See how you must read your Bible? Because if you know your Bible, you will know most of the time it says the Son of God. So why is it saying here the Son of Man? See why I'm saying we've got to read our Bibles so we can pick up these things that is different all of a sudden? Matthew 16, 15. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is the revelation Peter got. We spoke about this thing so many times this year. In Afrikaans, hulle sê vir hom, maar jylle, wie sê jylle is ek? En Simon Peters antwoord en sê, jy is die Christus, die Seen van die levende God, the Son of God. But here it says, the Son of Man is coming in a cloud. We'll talk about it still later about this thing, but I want you to see how you must look at the scriptures and why you need to know the Bible. Otherwise you're going to skip these things. 2,000 years ago, God had one son, and his name was Jesus. Alright? He's busy collecting a harvest, the son of God. He's collecting, busy bringing in a harvest. And those are all sons of man. Understand what I'm saying. There's only one Son of God, but He's busy also collecting the Son of Man, the harvest that He's bringing in. Think of what I'm saying now, you must get this. And in this sons He's collecting at the moment, busy harvesting, the Son of God will become visible one day. Think what I say. There's only one Son of God, which is Jesus Christ. He's busy looking for sons. He's looking for believers that will become his bride, that are fully sold out to him. He's not looking for church-going believers. He's not looking for people that have a lot of Bible study. He's not looking for people that does a lot of wonders. He's looking for those that are sold out to him in which he can manifest himself, the Son of God, through them. 
Remember here, remember in Luke 1.25, it said, and there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the, and the stars. Signs. Alright? And we've always been taught these things are negative things. These signs. It's going to be a negative thing. Like all these books about the moon and it's all negatives of stars are going to fall on the earth. Yeah, like with the dinosaurs. We're going to get wiped out by stars falling and meteorites falling. We have all these negative connotations regarding these things. But, I mean, look at today. <laughs> What's the movies we like to watch? I like to watch them. It's all these end of the world time movies. Okay, what do you call them? Dystopian. Dystopian. Yeah. These end of the world type stories. Um, I've got here, what was the big ones? Armageddon. San Andreas. The newest one is Greenland. Eh? They all got meteorites hitting the earth. Where did they get those ideas from? These tsunamis coming with the meteorites hitting the earth and all this stuff happening. If you watch Greenland, it's Christians that thought this stuff out in the Bible. We, we're the ones that thought this stuff out. Saying that meteorites are going to eat the earth like in the dinosaurs. Hollywood's just using it. But we love that. I love those movies. Because you never know what's going to happen next. But here in Luke 127 it says, And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud of power and great glory. I'm putting emphasis on this. Son of Man. So if, let's see if you got this the first time. If this is Son of Man is where the Son of God is going to be visible in, like I said before, why is it only a singular man and not men of manna? Because we one body with Christ the head. It's a singular, it's a corporate, it's a singular thing. Okay? And in that singular thing, in that is going to happen what needs to happen. Alright? Let's go. Verse 28. And then, when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. En as hierdie dinge begin gebeur, kyk dan na boe en hef jylle hoofde op, omdat jylle verlossing nabij is. You were taught to look up, then it says look up, nee, kyk dan na boe. And you all said, okay, I need to look up when these things are happening, so the sun and the moon is up there, so I'm going to look up. Where is Jesus coming? That's how you were taught, isn't it? You're looking up. But is that what it's saying there? That up means up high in a different dimension into the spiritual realm. We spoke about this before. I don't want to go into detail. That's going to take too long. Paul was caught up in the spirit. John sat on the island of Patmos and was taken up. He didn't go anywhere. He went up to a higher dimension, his spirit. He didn't go up physically. 
His body was still sitting on the stone there, but his spirit wasn't there anymore. He went up into the spiritual dimension, in the spiritual realm. So he's saying, when these things are happening, you need to look up. You need to go in that dimension where this is happening. You need to be there when these things are happening. All right. So I want to look at the meaning of the word sign. Because it says, when these signs happen, the sun and the moon and the stars, that word sign, what does it mean? Now, there's a lot of meanings in the Bible, but I want you to look at this one. Pertaining to or dealing with the morals or principles of morality. I got this from Umiani. Being in accordance with rules or standards of right conduct or practice. Pertaining of the hantering van die series of beginsels van moraliteit, your morality. Een oorienstemming te wees met reels of standaarde verrechte gedrag. Hoe oefen jy, hoe, hoe leef jy dit uit? Dit is een beetje diep. Sien jylle wat die woord signs beteken? Dit is nie net een fysische teken soos jy altyd denk nie. Dit is dit ook, en dit, dit ook beteken. But I want you to see, it's pertaining to or dealing with the morals and principles. Morele waardes. And that's the thing, we are Christians are lacking. We don't have godly character anymore. But he says, these signs you must look at. So what must you look at? At the morals, the principles, morality. What is it that happening in the earth about morality? Moralities in, in, in our daily lives are being taken away. It's happening every day. Go check the news. There will be every day something with some morality thing that needs to be changed because of the planet's dying, because they love using the planet is dying, so we can't eat meat anymore because the cow is dying and spoiling too much gas in the air. That's one of the big things in America. Huh? Stop eating meat because we're going to die. See how they're changing everything, manipulating stuff. But that sign, it means, to not, it doesn't mean physical signs, only that, that you were taught. That word signs is actually describing the character of the sons of God. I'm going to say this again. That word signs is describing the character of sons of God. Sons of God means mature Christians. Now, did you get what I just said? So check yourself when we go through this. This is what you need to walk in and grow in. It's not a negative thing. It's a positive thing. It's a beautiful thing. The first one is sun. Son. What does the sun mean in the Bible? What do you son in your Bible? Geestelik. We spoke about the hails and the thunder and the lightning, what it all means. So what does the sun mean? It says, I, I wrote here, the sun is the biggest glory in every context it's used. Okay? I'm saying again, the sun is the biggest glory in every context it's used. If you want to write that down, 
Why do I say that? In our solar system, everything revolves around the sun. Everything. When man first realized everything is around the sun, it, then it was the first time they could navigate. Do you know that? Before they didn't realize everything was around the sun, they couldn't navigate on the seas with boats. They didn't know how. They couldn't see land, they didn't know how to navigate. But when they realized that everything is made in a concordance around the sun, they could make, start navigating and work things out. The sun helped them with that. When they realized that, they could for the first time get direction because of the sun. And the sun has two meanings. It's got a negative and a positive, like most things in the Bible, it's got two meanings, a negative and a positive. Sun, it portrays the glory of man. The sun can portray the glory of man, because I just said everything revolves around the sun in the universe. Hopefully not everything is revolving around you, in your little universe. That your glory must get seen by man. And that, unfortunately, in, in Christianity, that's one of the main things happening at the moment. Man is being seen, placed on a pedestal, and all glory goes to this man of God or whatever. So, son, the build, the yearlocate funny man say. That's a negative connotation to it. Alright? Peter says the sun will become darkness. It's one of the signs of the ages. Peter mentions that. What does it mean if he says that? Think of what we've just been saying. He's saying the sun will become darkness. What's he saying? Is that sun outside there going to go dark on the day of the Lord? No, he's not talking about that sun. What does it mean? It means the following. Your glory that you have for yourself will fade on that day. And the sun of righteousness will become visible in you. Do you understand? I've said that very slowly so you can follow me word for word. Why did Peter say that that will be replaced? Because your glory needs to fade. It's not about you. It's about the Son of Righteousness, Jesus Christ, that's going to become visible in you. That's why your glory needs to go down, fade away. It's not about you. But in churches today, what do we preach? Doesn't matter if it's charismatic or reformed churches. We preach how good you are. What a wonderful person you are. And you will make it. Now you're supposed to fade and Christ needs to become visible in you. I don't want to see you become more you. Me, myself and I. Yeah? So, when this happens, when you start fighting and Christ becomes more visible in you, then you realize for the first time, everything doesn't revolve around you. Nobody has to please you. It's not about you. It's about Christ. 
You need to turn to Christ. Christ is the light of the world. Son. The second meaning obviously then is Christ. The Son of Righteousness, the Bible calls Him. That's the ones where the glory and the focus must be on. On Him. Your whole being is determined by Christ. Your hele weese moet bepaal word door Christus. Your whole life is being determined by Him. If you follow Him, He's going to determine where you go and what you do. If you, if you follow your Son, your glory, then do what you will do. You will do what you want to do. So whose Son are you following? The Son of Righteousness or your Son, your glory, as a human being? He should be the middle around which everything centers in your life. The Son of Righteousness. Everything, as I said in the beginning, everything. When you want to follow me, you must give him everything. If you think I can just carry on the way I'm carrying on now with my Christian walk, because I don't need this, I don't need to get baptized, I don't need to repent, I don't need to follow this or go there or learn this, you're not going to get anywhere. You're going to walk in fear your whole life like we read in that verse. You're not going to have victory. You're going to walk in your glory and your glory might not be that good. You need to walk in the glory of the Son of Righteousness. He must be your focus, the most important thing in your life. Malachi 4 verse 2 But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise did you read, see what I read there? But unto you. So if I'm reading this, I'm saying unto you. That fear my name. That has the fear of God in them. Shall the son of righteousness arise. He's making a proclamation. He says, out of you, the son of righteousness when you walk in that fear of God in His holiness and everything, He will arise in you because He stays in you at the moment. With healing in His wings and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. I want you to realize He's saying there, if you are truly following the Lord, He must start at some stage becoming more visible for you. You need to realize, you need, you need to be at a place where this son of righteousness are starting to become visible in you. You need to be at that place where the son of righteousness is visible for other people in you. It's like if you stand up very early in the morning, now it's not that early anymore, but in the summer, you say in the summer you get up at five or half past four, and you can sit somewhere at George Dam or wherever and you wait for that sun to come up. And as he's coming up, that first rays that's coming over the horizon. It's beautiful, eh? Those that have seen that, there's nothing more beautiful than that when that sun comes up in the morning. That's what should be happening in you. The sun of righteousness must come up in you. And the people looking at you must also say, Oh, that's good. That's beautiful. 
because I see Christ in you becoming real. But is that happening with us? He's not fully visible at this moment. We, Jesus is not fully visible on this earth yet. But people need to start seeing glimpses and only the way they're going to see a glimpse of the sun that's to come in this cloud is in you. Are you giving them hope for the coming of the Lord? Because you're the one that the rays going to shine through. Come over the horizon for the other people outside that are hurt and in pain. Are you walking in there? Isaiah 60. You know my favorite verses is Isaiah 60 verse 1 and 2, 3. But look at verse 19 here. It says, The sun shall be no more. You see here they're talking about sun again. And this is in the Old Testament. The sun shall be no more thy light by day. Now think I've taught you what the sun is. So this must, you must think of this now spiritually what I'm reading here. What is the sun that I've just taught you? Shall no more be the light by day. You won't follow your glory. And what you walk and all that stuff. But neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee. We're going to talk about the moon just now. But the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light and the glory and, and thy God thy glory. In Afrikaans, die son sal bedags jou licht nie meer wees nie. En as glans sal die maan vir jou geen skyn gee nie. Maar die Heere sal vir jou wees een eeuwige licht en jou God sal jou sieraad wees. It's actually saying there, your glory will be replaced by God's glory. You will not walk in your glory anymore. You will walk in the Lord's glory. This was a prophetic thing that Isaiah was saying before Luke, when Jesus started talking about this. And like I've taught you, things normally happen in threes in the Bible. So where else in the Bible do they talk about this then? I'm going to look at that now. Right, let's go. Next one. I said, can you see it has to do with character, the word sign, before we go to the moon? You can see there, it's got to do with nature, being honorable, being upright, being a person of integrity. Schrijf die goeie manier, want dis waar jy moet leer. That's how a son of God walks, a mature Christian walks in those things. That's what the word signs means. When these signs, how's your character at the moment? Can we see the time of the Lord is closing you? Because I look at your character, your nature, are you honorable, upright, being a person of integrity? Can I your your yards fat and your knees fat? As Jeff may say, the sewer can I clue the sewer? I said that the sons of God will walk totally different outside the normal Christian world. That's why when you really go into a relationship with the Lord, your normal Christian friends don't like you anymore. That's, that's why. Because God's busy changing you out of the normal way of operating. And He's cleaning you because you're allowing Him to clean you. And your normal Christians that don't want to go through that, will think you're weird. 
Ek don't want to talk to you anymore. Jy gaan nie genooi wees na die braai toe nie. Want jy praat nie saam met hulle praat nie. Alright. So I just want to throw that in there. Right, let's go. Second one is mentioned is the moon. Oh, the moon. The Israelites, when they stepped out of Egypt, walked for 40 years in the desert. We all know the story. They walked for 40 years in the desert. Why did they walk for 40 years in the desert? That's how long it took God to get Egypt out of them. They walked for 40 years in the desert. That's how long it took God to get Egypt out of them. That whole generation needed to die to get Egypt out of them. And we don't want to change anything that we believe in sometimes. In God He's got lots of time. He will take you on a 40 year journey around the same mountain every time. And you will not know it. Because if you know in the, in the desert, the dunes are not at the same place every time. The wind blows, the dunes move. Those poor Israelites probably think of it naturally. That's not that far a distance they've walked. If you can look on your little map in your Bible, if you read your Bible, you will see some of your Bibles have got a map in it that shows you where they walk. It's not that far. It will take you months. They walked it for 40 years. Were they stupid? No. The desert keeps on changing. They most probably walked around the same places all the time. They didn't know because it keeps on changing. Are we walking? Do you trust me? No, Lord, we don't trust you. Okay, let's go this way again. For another three years, we walk this way. Okay, do you trust me? No, Lord, we still don't. Okay, let's go here. 40 years. How long can you for the glory but these people walked in a time and a place of supernatural. These Israelites, when they walked, they received food supernaturally. In the morning, they were manna. Um, they, they got what the birds called um, quails. Yeah, they received quails. Kentucky of Nando's, Elkan. They got it every day. They didn't have to do anything for it. They just had to go get it. It was there for them. It was given for them. Their shoes, shoes never got worn. Yeah. That's what I think all the shoes are trying to get to that place. Nike and Adidas and all those shoes. They can't get to that place where it doesn't get worn. Theirs didn't. Their pluckies were good for 40 years. They didn't even need another pair. Alright? But... These 40 years they walked into something supernaturally. They were walking in this beautiful environment of God providing for them in all their needs. Eventually, after 40 years, when the God had to kill this whole generation, the new ones could walk into the promised land. They got to this place and said, Here's the promised land that was shown to us. What was it called? Land of milk and honey. Eh? It had figs and pomegranates and, yeah, go read about it, big cities. The promised land looked beautiful. All right, which they're going to, what was given to them, was everything they could ask for. 
I mean, let's be honest, there were no figs and pomegranates and big cities in the desert for 40 years. Here they get to this place and say, oh, this is what we've been waiting for for 40 years. But we first had to get over ourselves, our old way of doing things. They needed to die in the desert so we can walk in this new way into the promised land. So here they stand and they stand on the Jordan River just before they walk into this promised land and all of a sudden the water opens up again. Like with Moses in the Red Sea. And if you just buy about it, you it's not in the Bible. There's a lot of you that know that it happened twice in your Bible. That the water had to part for them to walk through on dry land. But if you go read this in your Bible, the, the priest, when they set their foot into the water as they entered the promised land, they were carrying the tabernacle of Moses, the Ark of the Covenant. They were carrying this thing. And when the priests that walked in front of the whole nation of Israel set their foot in the river, it opened. The whole of the nation with 2,000 L behind them, walking behind the priests when they entered the promised land. It says there the water was pushed back to the city called Adam. So when this water was pushed back, as the priest set foot in the river, it pushed back. It became dry, the river, until a city called Adam. Do you see how precise your Bible is? Why do you think that city's name was Adam? Think what I've just said. They were on their way, stepping into the promised land. The priest step in, the water opens up, it pushes back to the city called Adam. What does that mean prophetically for you and me today? I don't care about the natural story. I want to know what does it mean for me today in 2021 that that happened there. It actually means, you can write this down, if you understand it. Um, 2,000 years ago, our high priest, remember the priests placed their foot in the water. Our high priest placed his foot in the Jordan River also. Jesus. And here, as they step into the promised land, the high priest, the water gathered up to the city of Adam. So that means the Adamic race, the Adam race, man's way, the Adamic race, our way, came to an end. In Christ, it stopped the sin of Adam. Because now we have a way out of it. It stopped. It had to go back. The water had to go back to the city called Adam. Because it will no longer function from that city, Adam. You and I will no longer function under the sin of Adam. Man, you must get this. The second Adam stood up which is Christ. We are walking in that 
That's why the water prophetically backed up to the city of Adam when they walked into the promised land. What are we waiting for? To enter in this promised land with the Lord, the day of the Lord. We are at exactly the same place that they were there standing at the Jordan River today. After a hell of a 40 years being in the desert. Not nice. I know some of us might not feel that we're standing in front of the promised land. But if you continue this and you give your all to Christ, you will get there. You will see all the nice cities and the fig trees and the pomegranates and the grapes in there. You will see it. It's there. So the water backed up all the way and they were able to walk through into the promised land. Then circumcision had to take place on the other side of the river. I don't want to go in detail. I can still remember the way Obiari explained this, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> it's not a nice sight. There would be blood everywhere. But before they could really truly walk into the promised land, the last bit of flesh, religion had to be cut off before they walked into the promised land. And the last of your religion must die. Your way of doing things must die. The circumcision had to take place. It was not a nice sight. But God had to get rid of your last bit of religion. Your, your altar that you were worshipping. That last one. And as they stand there after this happened, what was the first city they saw when they entered the promised land that they had to deal with? Jericho. You all remember? City of Jericho was the first city that they had to encounter that was there, that they, had to, that they had to conquer, to go into the Promised Land, it was Jericho. What does this name Jericho mean? The moon city. Now you see why I had to tell you the long story, otherwise you will not understand where we're going with this. The moon city. Who's the prince of darkness in your Bible? The enemy, the devil, the devil. He's called the prince of darkness. That means the prince of darkness has got rulership over the night. You got that? The Bible calls him the prince of darkness. So when it's dark, when it's night, he's ruling there. He's ruling in darkness. Why do you have sin? Because you still got darkness there and you're not wanting the light to come in still. You're still preferring to walk with the enemy in that area. That's why you have not got revelation or to get out of that. Look at this. Now, remember I said things have to be three times normally it will show you. Revelations. Now we're in the book that's going to reveal Christ. The book of Revelations, open barring. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. In other words, in the spiritual realm, heaven. It's not a place where you can blame it. It's a geestelijke realm, heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. Man, the warning bell should go off now if you understand what I've just said. And upon her had a crown of 12 stars. 
en een groot teken het in die jimmel verskyn, een vrou wat met die son bekleed was can you put on the sun? nee maar ook hoe geloof ons die goed is letterlijk why the sun, do we think the sun here is something spiritually, but the sun in Luke is now the literal sun, is the sun up there. But you see they all mention the same way in Isaiah, in Luke 21, and in Revelation 12, yeah. You see they use the same three things? It's the same story being spoken here. They all mean the same thing. It's not here, the rechte son, and here's the geestelike son, it speaks the same story everywhere. It's spiritually everywhere. Your Bible says you've got to read it through the spirit and not through the mind, through the flesh. Here it says, Hierdie vrou was aangetrek in die son. Wat het ons gesê is die son? Character. What character the son is in whose glory? Ons is amper klaar. She's walking in what sign? Of the sun, she's clothed in the sun, in his glory. Either your glory or the Lord's glory, because everything revolves around the sun. Here, this woman, one person, the body of Christ, are clothed in the sun. He's glorified in her, in the body. What's under her foot? says it there. See how precise your Bible is? She's clothed in the sun and the moon is under her feet. What did I just say is the moon? The enemy, the prince of darkness. Where is the prince of darkness in this woman? Under her foot. Has he got any say anymore? No. See you in the Bible? But we want to go look at when the stars are going to fall and when the meteorites are going to hit us because we've got no spiritual insight. We don't ask the Holy Spirit to open the scriptures for us. We just read it. And some of us don't even read it. And I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking about the people that's also listening to this. It's not pointing fingers. These are words of encouragement. I want you to say, man, I want to stand in that day being clothed by Christ the Son with the enemy under my foot he cannot touch me anymore how do you get to that place you need to start walking it now that's why I said I want to see the sun rays coming in you because then I know you're on your way to that because where did we say is Christ going to be revealed in Revelations 1.1 in you this is what's happening in you in Revelations 12 it says there the woman Sometimes you call it the man-child. It's a singular body with Christ the head. And you being the kidney or the toe or the toenail. Don't be that little hyphality, that skin that stands up here on your finger, the irritation. Eh? Don't be that little thing. If you felt that little felicity that stands up here, that irritation. That thing can irritate you forever and ever until you cut it off. Don't be that little thing on the body. Be the body. And I know you guys don't know that this is written there. But that's why I want you to encourage you to start reading your Bible. Because you will read something here and then uh, 
Five weeks later, you will read in your Bible again something, and you will say, wait, wait, I read this somewhere before. And then you go back to that place where you read it five weeks earlier, and all of a sudden you start seeing, hey, something's happening here. It's exactly the same stuff being talked here. Why? And then you ask, Holy Spirit, show me. Why is this stuff in the Bible like this? It says precisely. I said that the woman has what under her feet? The moon. The woman is you, your soul, your body, everything. The woman, the bride of the Lamb. In other words, that's what this woman is, depicting here in Revelations. So the Prince of Darkness has no more say rulership over her. It's gone. It's finished forever and ever. We know it's finished, but that day there will be no more influence from the enemy on that day. Okay? I said here, Jericho's walls must fall. <coughs> the first land in the promise, when they went to the promised land, the first city was Jericho. The city of moon. The moon city. When you see the prophetic in your Bible, what was the first city that had to fall in the promised land? The moon city. Jericho. How did that city fall? By their power or by God's power? God's power. How are, your, are the enemy going to come under your foot? By you trying to do it or allowing God to do it for you? So stop fighting. Just walk. And the walls will fall. But be obedient and walk seven times around that walls. Why seven times? It's perfection. And then God will do the perfect work. The walls will fall. You don't have to do anything. In you. Because we're talking about in you. This has got to happen. They didn't believe these walls were going to fall. You want to tell me those Israelites standing there in the beginning thought, okay, this walls are going to fall by itself. They were making plans. How are we going to have a siege on this on this city? And then God said, no, no, don't worry. Just walk around the city. I want to see how we would have done there. Sun tanning you, walking around the city. How stupid is this? We're walking around there laughing at us. But we're walking seven times around the city, all around. Huh? I'm even speaking prophetically. Go figure out what I'm saying in your lives today. But these walls had to fall. And now, it's not always easy to believe in these things like they had there, but just be obedient and follow the Lord. You will do what needs to be done. But we had this place in our lives, in our Christianity, in our belief system, where we want to fight everything. We just want to fight. We want to make war. That's why we believe in all this supernatural stuff of the end times. The Armageddon, the war. We, we believe in all these things. But it's not about war. It's about stuff that you need to deal with. God is a God of peace. He will place the enemy under your foot. If you walk this walk. He's not the God of war. He's the God of peace. But it's funny, we depict him as his God of war the whole time. What does Matthew 5, 9 say? Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God. Your Afrikaans Bible will say children of God and your King James Bible will say children of God, which is wrong. 
Go look at that word child, that they translate as child. It is a heos. It's a son, a mature. Some Bibles have got it right that says sons of God. Salig is die vredemakers dat hulle sal kinders van God genoem word. Dis wat die Afrikaanse Bijbel sê. Dit moet weer seens volwassenheid. Kind is nie volwassen nie. En is onvolwassen. It's chaos, it's not children. Now please, when we walk, when we walk in this stuff, and as you're walking in now, we don't fight, we don't ridicule, we don't debate. That's not what we're called for. To fight and ridicule and debate. We bring peace. In the beginning, I also wanted to fight and push people's buttons when they start saying stupid things. But luckily the Lord had patience to me. Now I just walk away and I want to just leave it and have peace there. Because it's so easy to trigger a Christian. Because they believe such funny stuff. It's very easy to trigger them. But I've become to know God as a God of peace. So I don't want to fight there. I would rather back off and look like the stupid one or The second meaning of the word moon. We nearly finished guys. Just shake your heads and concentrate for the last couple of minutes. We have to go through this. I don't want to. Otherwise it's going to be too long the next one. Acts 2.20 The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood. Oh, the blood moons. Before the day of the Lord come, that great and noble day, the sun shall forander and daisterness. We spoke about that before. And iman and blood. So I've taught you what the moon is. It's the enemy, it's darkness. The moon. But here it says it's going to change into blood. And then we start seeing, oh, the wars are going to be bad because there's going to be a lot of blood. Huh? That's what we got taught. The charismatics in here. That's what you were taught. For the dirlachte dag van die kom. What is blood a symbol of? We spoke about this before. Of life. Blood is a symbol of life. There's nothing without the blood of Jesus. It brought us life. When his blood spilled, it gave us everlasting life. So it's saying the moon that is becoming like blood is saying everything the moon is symbolic of will become life. Isn't that beautiful? No, but we want to have a God of war. Because we want to think in the natural. We don't use the spiritual side to think through. The moon does not have its own reflection, its own light. Do you know that? Only the sun has. The moon has got no light. It's got no nothing. It only reflects light. Whose light does the moon reflect? The sun. It hasn't got its own light even. It can only reflect the moon. Let me explain to you this way. The whole of the Old Testament in your Bible, think of it this way, the whole of your Old Testament is the moon in your Bible. Think of what I'm saying now. I'm not saying it's evil. I want you to show the, the type of what does the moon do. So if that is the case, the prophets, the priests in the Old Testament, the stuff they wore, everything about the ultimate, the tabernacle of Moses. It all was the moon. And what is this moon doing? Reflecting 
the son of man or son of God. The tabernacle is an image of Jesus. Everything they wore, everything was in the Old Testament. It's a reflection of the real thing, but it's not the real thing. The whole of the Old Testament, you will not see the name Jesus, Yeshua, in the whole of the Old Testament written exactly like that. But if you use your spiritual insight, you will see it's everywhere in every scripture, hidden for you to go seek. He's the rock where the water flew out. When the water flowed out of the rock, Jesus says, I'm the rock. See, there was a moon. It was reflecting Jesus. And Jesus afterwards come to the earth and say, I'm the rock, the cornerstone, the foundation. If you follow me, rivers of living water will flow out of you. He was speaking about the rock in the Old Testament. It was the moon that was showing a shadow of him that's to come. So, the moon can just reflect what the sun is shining on it. Okay? Because the moon hasn't got its own light. Whether it's full moon or half moon, it can only reflect that. Alright? That type of the Old Testament, when you allow that to happen, will become a reality in you. It will become part of you. The tabernacle of Moses was the moon of Jesus. I said that. The tabernacle of Moses was the moon, a reflection of Jesus that was to come. So if this tabernacle was Jesus, Where the tabernacle was standing in the temple or in the outer court of Moses, or in the holies of holies of Moses, what came over the tabernacle? A cloud. And then what was in the cloud? The cloud covered the tabernacle. And God's glory was there. Right, we're going to go on with that next week, maybe, in that direction. But here in the tabernacle, the cloud will come and then God's glory is there in the cloud that's over Jesus. So, God was inside, around, He was everywhere there. Okay, when it came to that. So the tabernacle was covered in this cloud in the glory. And that is a deeper picture of the sons of God again, the mature ones. Think of what I said, I'm not going to explain it, you must go and engage, that's why you need to go listen to the teachings again, you need to go think about this. If what I just said, the tabernacle with the clouds over it, with Jesus in it and God's glory being in that, that's a picture of the sons of God. Go think about it, I'm not going to explain that to you, go sort that out in your own mind, what does that mean? Go seek itself. The moon will become blood in your life. Your life will become a living lifestyle of Jesus Christ. All that bad stuff will become good. Whatever was bad in your life, will be called, God can use now for His glory. You become life, blood. Every lamb offered in the Old Testament was a moon. I'm trying to make you understand what this moon means. Every little lamb that had to be sacrificed in the Jewish laws was a moon. The sun of righteousness was just shining a little bit on them, on this moon, back then. 
Just a little bit. Jesus walks up to John and John says, Behold, the Lamb of God taketh away the sin of man. Here comes the true Lamb who makes the way for sin to not function in this earth anymore through the sun which is the true one that was shining on the little lambs in the Old Testament. Do you understand that? So we've discussed two things now. And we're going to stop here now. You must remember the sun has got two meanings. It's either you, your glory, or it's Jesus Christ, His glory. Which one are you using? It's your glory shining. And guess what? Have you noticed when you do things your way? People don't like you, don't want to talk to you, ignore you. As soon as you start putting yourself up, pride will come in. The next thing you will see is pride coming in. You will operate in pride. You're not humble. You think you're the one. Everything's revolving around you. I'm so special. No. No, you're not. The moon. Two meanings. Alright? Guys, you need to go through these teachings again. These things have to become part of you. So when you read your Bible, hopefully when you read something about the sun, you will already start thinking, okay, Vanner said the sun means this. So what is the Bible saying here? I'm here in the Old Testament, in the moon. So what is saying here? But what do we do? No, we just follow the same rituals and laws and scriptures as in the Old Testament we want to apply today. Because we've got no spiritual insight. That's why the people write books about the blood moon and then they have to go take it off the shelf again because it's thought out in the mind and there will be lots of errors and the other guy will have a better thinking and more clever than you. He writes a better book than you about the moon. And at the end it's got nothing to do with the moon. It's all man-made stuff. But you see in your Bible, the same things get used the same way and it shows you it cannot be the natural because you can't put on the, the sun. You cannot wear the sun. That shows you don't read the Bible in the natural. It's a spiritual book. You don't even go up in that dimension to read this book. If you want to go deep and grow. You just want to read it like this? You will stay a baby, Christian. And you will be very busy with lots of little things around you. And you will not be, you will be going that slowly nowhere. And in your fruit, in your signs, if I look at your signs to see where you are, will I see the things we said here, the character traits here? Where was it? This. If I go, man, who can I use the example? Who's going to be my guinea pig? Monique. Let's keep it neutral. If I go to Monique to see whether she's understanding and walking in this revelation of who she's going to be one day, She's, she's, she's getting a taste of what's going to come one day with her, with you. How do I know if she's walking in that? I look at those things. What is her character? What's the nature she's walking in? 
she honorable? Can I trust her? Is she an honorable person? Is she being upright, in right standing? Being a person of integrity? That shows me where you are growing. How do you do business? How do you talk to your colleagues at work? How do you do whatever you're doing out there? Is those things there? Those are the signs that I look to. And you've heard me say this so many times. Now I'm showing you in the scriptures. I don't look if you stop smoking and if you stop drinking and if you stop watching porn and all that stuff. That's easy to hide because it's visible. Those things show me your character. Those things just show me you conquered here and there thing. And it's easier to conquer things that other people can see you conquered because you look good. Oh, stop smoking. Wow, eh? That's good. But look at those things. Will you go say, ah, manna? You know, yeah, I don't We won't say that. But those are the things that show me your character, the signs. What signs it show me? Is the sun coming up in you? The sun of righteousness, is he there coming up on the horizon? Or is it still the moon? Next week we're going to talk about the stars. But I want to show you, I showed you the other stuff of nature and I've showed you more stuff of nature that's in your Bible everywhere and they all got the same meaning and they're talking about the same thing, the day of the Lord. You choose whether you're going to deal with those things. Are you going to stand in front of Jericho and fight? Or are you going to stand in Jericho and say, Lord, this is you. I'll obey you. I don't know how. doesn't make sense. But let's do it.